0: Good morning, I'm Riley and this is Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For the first portion of today's show, I'm sharing a conversation I recently
1: had with the Institute for Better Education. I'm speaking with Kimberly Kirshner, the Executive Director for the Institute for Better Education. The Institute for Better Education has
0: been serving the community since 1999. However, you're a very unique organization with a very specific purpose. Tell me about what IBE
1: is and what it does. So IBE, or the Institute for Better Education, is a tax credit organization where Arizona taxpayers have a lot of control over where their state taxes go. This is a state tax credit And what they do is they make donations to IBE, uh, and we're the largest tax credit available in Arizona. And we take those funds and we turn them into scholarships for children, typically low income or children with a special need to attend a private school that is best for them because we find, and I think the community knows, especially now after COVID, that uh, putting children first in their education is pretty important. So what all areas
0: do you serve? It's not just us here in Tucson. I understand it's a much wider-reaching area than that.
1: That is correct. IBE works with over 300 private schools here in the state of Arizona, and if there is a private school we don't work with, we can. So we want to serve every child that's attending a private school here in Arizona.
0: So I saw on your website, ibescholarships.org, that since getting started, now more than 20 years ago, that over $150 million in scholarships have been awarded. Have you seen changes recently, and kind of along with that, what was the need like during the
1: 2020-2021 school year? Great question, and yes, the need has been much higher. We found, whereas we do believe in education for children, regardless of what that school looks like, whether it's a charter school, home school, a district school, private school, whatever's best for the child, and so many more families were turning to a private school education. We also found that most of those families tended to be coming from more of a low-income family and so that meant we had higher need we have been able to scholarship at this point this year we're about 10% up in the amount of scholarships that we've awarded Uh, last year it was even higher because again these families had more need. The other side of that, though, is in order to meet that need, we need more donations and more Arizona taxpayers, because less than 5% actually participate in this program, to start making that choice to have that kind of say in their state tax credits.
0: So let's, let's chat a bit about the Arizona private school tax credit itself. Can you just explain to me a bit further how that works
1: of course. So if somebody is doing their state taxes, we all know we have what's called an Arizona state tax liability. This is what the state of Arizona wants from a taxpayer regardless of how much money's been withheld from their paycheck. And we all know we get money, our taxes taken out of our paycheck, state taxes, federal taxes, things like that. Well, what our employers do is they take those state taxes that they've taken out of our paycheck and they every quarter send it to the Department of Revenue. So that's why it's always nice sometimes we'll get a refund because we've have more money being held at the Department of Revenue than what our liability is. A tax credit only looks at the liability. So let's say somebody's state tax liability, which is typically on line 48 of the Arizona Form 140, will say, let's say it says $2,000, but they've had $2,000 withheld from their paycheck. In this case, they don't owe anything and they're not getting a refund. But if they had made a $2,000 tax credit donation recommending either our general fund to help low-income families, a particular private school to help their low-income families, or even a specific student you can recommend attending an Arizona private school, they would have had that kind of say, and that would come right off of their liability, and now they're getting a refund of $2,000. So they've had total control and say over their state tax dollars.
0: So from what I understand, there are four scholarship programs that support the private
1: uh, school tax credit program. Can you tell me a bit more about that and how they differ? Of course. So back when this program started over 24 years ago, they started with what they call the individual or original program. Every child attending a K-12 private school here in Arizona was eligible to receive those credits. Then in 2012, uh, the Arizona legislature gave us what's called the Plus or Switcher Program, It's even called Overflow. It's got a couple of names, but this was a second donation opportunity for Arizona taxpayers, but they put eligibility requirements on the students who could receive those. Initially, it was just for children who were attending private school for the first time, kindergarten, transferring from an Arizona public school to an Arizona private school, even military families. That's been expanded to also include homeschool families, out-of-state families, out-of-country families, and this means that even children who have been receiving what they call the ESA program here in Arizona are now eligible to receive these plus or switcher funds. So those are two of the programs. Both of them have a recommended funds component where you can recommend a specific student. They also have a financial need component where if you recommend a school, we have funds to help those low-income families. Then Arizona businesses can also give what they call the corporate low-income and the corporate disabled displaced. So these are two funds that are taking care of very vulnerable children here in Arizona, and those take care of the other two programs. So we've got Individual, Switcher, we've got uh, Corporate Low Income, and Corporate Disabled Displaced.
0: You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Kim Kirshner, Executive Director for the Institute for Better Education, discussing the Arizona Private School Tax Credit Program. So can you just Clarify for me a bit of how these funds are used. Um, from what I'm understanding, it can directly support an individual for tuition, or it could go directly to a school. Is that
1: correct? So, exactly. So, uh, basically, a taxpayer or a business. So, let's let's start with the individual taxpayer. They can recommend our general fund, which, again, will just be taking care of low-income families, and we award that to pay tuition only. They can also recommend a specific private school or schools. They can uh, There are funds for an individual married filing jointly. It's $2,435, fairly significant. So if they'd like to divide that between two schools, they certainly can. And then that would be utilized to help low-income families. Or they could recommend a specific student or students attending a private school. For the businesses, they can only make their tax credit recommendations to our general fund or to a school. They can't recommend specific students, but all of the funds that come into IBE are utilized just for tuition. It's to reduce a student's tuition.
0: So let's shift focus a bit to the corporate tax credit program because that is a topic right now. We're in the this season uh, where businesses start putting that into consideration. So can you explain to me how businesses can help with IBE's mission and what type of businesses are eligible for the dollar-for-dollar
1: dollar tax credit? Great question. And you're correct. There are eligible businesses here in Arizona. They need to be either a C corporation, an S corporation, an LLC that files taxes like an S corporation or most insurance companies. And a lot of times people will say, "Wait a minute, S corporations and LLCs, they don't pay taxes." And that's correct. Their entity does not pay taxes, which is the beauty of this program. If anybody has an S corp or an LLC that files like an S corp, their don their donation comes from their entity. And then the credit flows through to their shareholders. So this is a way for a business to pay for a personal shareholder's state tax liability. So that's just a huge benefit to S-Corps and LLCs. All that being said, because we're in December, it is the end of many businesses' fiscal year. So they're very aware of what their tax burden looks like, whether it's from an individual perspective for the S Corps and the LLCs, or for the business aspect for the insurance companies or the C corporations. So now is the time to make that donation. All they have to do is contact IBE. You can give us a quick call at 520-512-5438 and ask for Lupita. She's in charge of our corporate donor relations, and she will walk you through the process. It's a one-page application where you look at your full state tax liability Uh, quite frankly we received a million dollar donation yesterday because this business had that kind of a liability and they want a say they want to be able to help children again putting children first right now and making a difference in their lives is first and foremost in so many people's minds including businesses so then they give us the application we submit it to make sure that we haven't hit the cap and this is where it's really critical in Arizona, there is a statewide cap as to how much can be directed from Arizona business to help these low-income and disabled children. This That amount, even though it was in excess of $135 million, it's below $8 million right now. And we know, being it's December, first come, first serve, it's going to go quickly, these final funds. Contact us. Uh, we also have a corporate website at azcorporatetax.org, which takes you directly to that application and Lupita just to make sure you're making a difference with your tax dollars for businesses because being the business that is providing for children's education here in Arizona in a time like this is a wonderful thing.
0: And it's nice to have a say. I imagine like your alma mater and you're like, I received a great education from this school and I would love to see others receive a comparable education in years to come. So in a way, it's uh, paying it forward.
1: You're absolutely right. And it also is looking for potential employees. You'd be surprised how many businesses focus on particular private schools knowing that the children coming out of that could be a future employee for them. So there's a lot of benefits for businesses to make this decision and uh, making sure the children are receiving that education and being part of that. Mm -hmm. So what deadlines do individuals and uh, corporations need to know Excellent. For the individual taxpayers for the 2021 tax year, they have all the way through till April 15th or tax day. And I will say, even if you're filing an extension, you still need to make your tax credit donation, just like you still have to pay your state taxes by April 15th. We can retake no donations after that. Mm -hmm. But most donations actually do come in between, I would say, April 1st and April 15th. When, we're, when the deadline is the mm-hmm. 15th of April, because that's when people are stay, see, doing their taxes. They see what their liability is. They're paying with a credit card because we pay all fees. They, they get their refund back within 10 days, typically here in Arizona, and they pay their credit card bill. So they're out nothing. They're getting points, miles. They're having a say in their taxes. They're helping children. So that's their deadline. Businesses, the deadline is truly just when the funds run out. Mm-hmm. And again, we're down to about $8 million and being it's December, a lot of businesses, if their fiscal year is a calendar year, this is the time to look at what, talk to your CPAs, talk to your CFOs, find out what that number is, contact us. If your fiscal year ends June 30th, you might have more time to make your donation. But if that cap runs out, we have to wait till July 1st of next year. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I guess in closing, where is the best way to get more information both for families who want to find out more about scholarships or for individuals and businesses seeking to make a donation.
1: Number of ways to contact us. First of all, we're just up at Speedway and Swan here in Tucson, so come by and see us. You can go to our website either at ibescholarships.org and we have a donor portal right there for individual taxpayers. Uh, we also have the corporate one at azcorporatetax.org or call us 520-512-5438. We We'll answer your, the phone. We will take care of any questions you have. If you've got 20 minutes worth of questions about how this program works, we can't wait to help. You'll have 20 minutes
0: of time. You bet. Wonderful. Well, Kim, thank you so much for all of this great information. And yeah, the website again? Scholarships.org. I'm Riley, and you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was my recent conversation with Kim Kirshner, Executive Director for the Institute for Better Education. For the next portion of today's program, I'm sharing my conversation with Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services. I'm speaking with...
2: My name is Marnie Greggs, and I'm a licensing worker for Grace Retreat Foster Care. I'd like to start with what
0: is Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services? Sure.
2: So we are a nonprofit. Uh, We're about six years old and we were founded by a foster and adoptive parent who worked in this system and just kind of saw this lack of support of foster families and wanted to create a better agency. And that's really what she did. Um, So Grace Retreat has, has grown exponentially in the last six years, not because we do a lot of recruitment, but because we take really good care of our families. So we license, train, and recruit foster homes and adoptive placements. It's fairly new in the realm of licensing agencies down here in Tucson, but we, we're we great. It's an amazing agency. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to hear a bit about who is Grace Retreat
0: Foster Care and Adoption Services, uh, just about the people behind the scenes. Who Who's
2: running your service? I think this is the part that makes me most excited. Um, not only is our founder a foster and adoptive parent, But most of the people who work for her have been foster parents, have adopted children. Some of us have been in foster care. Some of us are adopted. So what we ask our families to do every day is not lost on us because we've done it. You know firsthand what the experience is like. So I'd like to just
0: take some time to hear more about adoption and fostering in our state of Arizona specifically. What's your role in the process?
2: So when a child is removed by DCS, um, they, there's a unit within that system that looks for homes for these children. If there's no available kinship families, like a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or sister that can take in these children, they will look to place them in a regular foster home. So that's what we do. We license families so that they can take in children that are removed by DCS. What is the licensing process like? We definitely want to vet people mm-hmm. to make sure that they're going to be amazing caregivers, they're gonna love our children and they're gonna be safe. So there's paperwork that's involved, like applications, we ask for documentation like birth certificates and things like that, and then there's a training process that goes along with it. So the state has, it's called Foster Parent College, and it's a five week classroom session, so it's one evening a week for five weeks, alternating with four online courses. So it's a blended curriculum, part online, part in person, and it, they've changed it in recent years. It used to be twice as long, but they really wanted to reduce the number the, the number of hours that a family had to complete in order to get licensed so they could get licensed faster. Mm-hmm. And then the last part is, is gathering all that information and interviewing everyone in the household and getting to know everybody and then writing a big biography that we send to the state, and they're the ones that issue the licenses. So that's why we ask for everything that we do, because we have to tell someone who will never meet you, that we trust you to care for our Mm -hmm. kiddos. Do you have an estimate
0: or do you know the numbers of how many parents you have put through the foster parent college
2: process? Me personally, I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years. So I think well over a thousand families um, trained by me personally. Um, Grace Retreat currently has 155 families. Uh, That's a lot of families for our community for an agency down here. Um, Most agencies have anywhere from 30 to 70 families. So we're a very big agency. Even though we're a mom and pop kind of shop, um, we still have a lot of families.
0: So when you say you have over 100 families, does that mean those are families
2: that are currently
0: available to take in foster children at this time?
2: So some of them are kinship. So uh, families that take in their relatives, like a grandparent, Um, An aunt or uncle, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, or it could be someone who just knows the children. So it could be a neighbor or a teacher or someone who just has a relationship with the family. They can also be considered kinship. So a lot of them get licensed because of the benefits of licensure. So there's that support of a licensing agency, someone that has your back in court and in those meetings that we have uh, for the kids. And then um, also the financial benefit of being licensed. Mm -hmm. So part of them are kinship families. Part of them are regular families, and some of them are adoptive families. So what is the significance of the the licensure? So the state isn't going to place a child in an unlicensed setting unless they have a kinship relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So in order to to be a foster parent and to take children in from DCS, you have to have that licensure in place.
0: I'd like to hear a bit more about what types of resources that Grace Retreat Foster Care has available for parents and foster parents.
2: So aside from what we do at Grace Retreat, there's a lot of community support around fostering. Um, there's a ton of nonprofits that help with clothing. Um, there's there's nonprofits that will help get car seats and cribs. Um, so tons of resources out there. Um, also, there's like WIC, so Women, Infant, and Children. So if you have a baby, you can help get some formula for them because it's pretty expensive. And then when it comes to Grace Retreat, I think we one of the reasons that makes us so different than everybody else is that we kind of can go above and beyond and, and do the things that we want to do to help families out. So we give a gift card every time a, ch- a child is placed in a new home so that they can get just some basics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really common for kids to come into foster care with nothing. No clothes, no diapers, no toiletries, no shoes. So, you know, our families run out to Walmart, sometimes in the middle of the night, to go gather some, just some of those basic things that they need when they first get placed with a child. I've, I've been a foster parent for 15 years and I've literally been handed babies in a diaper and that's it Mm. so you know to have a little bit of that financial support at the very beginning to kind of cover expenses is really helpful other things that we do we have a support group for everyone so any any family dynamics any special needs that you might have you know kinship support groups regular foster parent support groups adoptive support groups we just started a love and loss support group because fostering is hard Mm -hmm. and so Having having a group where people can come together and grieve when kids leave and talk about, you know, why we continue to do it, I think is really powerful. So supporting each other in our community is really helpful. And then we try to do a gathering every month, uh, whether it's in the park, whether it's a drive through for Halloween so the kids can dress in their costumes and come get candy. We're planning our holiday event that's coming up in December. So we try to do something every month for our children, and our families to build that community. Something I would noticed when I was looking at your website is that you do have, um, you
0: had the history of past events, and I see that you did transition to a lot of uh, drive-through style events. Uh, So how did the pandemic affect your work um, over the last, you know, 18 months or so?
2: So we've been, uh, unfortunately, the pandemic has really put a wrench in Mm -hmm. the foster care system in general. There's a lot of kids coming into foster care now that weren't coming in before, um, especially when kids were out of school. A lot of those children didn't have any eyes on them. So reports weren't getting made as frequently as they had before. So we're seeing a a larger influx of children coming into foster care. It's, It's always been bad in Southern Arizona, but it's really particularly bad right now. We're also at a very low rate of foster homes for the state. So I think it's like a 10-year low of foster homes. So a lot of families that were doing it with the pandemic got scared. Um, mm-hmm. And so they stopped fostering or they went on hold. So we don't have enough foster homes and we, we have more kids coming in. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really challenging um, to meet the need of our community like we have in the past. I think, what again, what makes us great is that we won't stop until mm-hmm. there's a home for every child. Mm-hmm. And our recruitment hasn't slowed down. Uh, we continue to have families call every day who are interested in getting more information and wanting to know the steps or or taking that next step to get licensed. So we definitely have um, not seen a slowdown of the people coming in wanting to help. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking
0: with Marnie Greggs from Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services. Could you walk me through that process of someone who decides they want to make the next step and start taking in foster children and share their home, what would be the first step in getting moving in that direction?
2: Give me a call. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you could call Grace Retreat, absolutely. Um, That is a great step. We can answer any questions that you might have. There's also a really great orientation video on the DCS website. So you can go there and you just type in how to become a foster parent and it'll pull up a bunch of videos that you can watch that give you some basic information on um, how to become licensed, the need of families in Southern Arizona, and answer a lot of your questions. And then the next step is really picking an agency. So there Mm -hmm. are 14 agencies in in Southern Arizona who do foster care in our community. And so call them, figure out which one is going to best meet your family's needs. There's some faith-based agencies. There's some agencies that do like um, therapeutic level children or developmentally disabled children. So picking an agency for the population of children you want to care for and that you build a good rapport with. We're going to be in your home. We're going to ask you lots of personal questions. So you want to make sure you have a good um, good support and rapport with your agency. Mm-hmm. And it, you definitely seem to stick around even
0: after placement, uh, being available to help as things continue to arise. So something I'd uh, seen mentioned on your website several times is fundraising and how you are a 501c3. And uh, so that means you do
2: qualify for tax credit donations. Correct.
0: Could you give me an example of how Grace Retreat uses donations from the community?
2: So all of our donations go right back to our children and our families. Um, we've had families where they, there's an emergency, their water heater breaks, and we're able to kind of help and support to get them some funding so they can get a new water heater for their house. Um, again, we give a lot of gift cards out for new families, for new placements, just to kind of help them with those initial items that they need. And then our grace gatherings, so mm-hmm. giving back to our families um, and helping them any way that we can. There's been times where like during the pandemic, I had a family who got COVID, Mm. the whole family, five kids, five foster children (laughs) and um, the family, the parents. And so we were able to buy them dinner. And it was just something simple, but just not having to worry about dinner for one night when you have sick kids is amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially when the whole family is sick. I grew
0: up in a big family and I know how Yeah. <laughs> knock everyone out at this exact same time. Right. You'd mentioned your upcoming holiday events. I would like to hear some more about what's to come on your calendar.
2: Yes. So our holiday party, it's not open to the public, but it is for our families and our children. And and obviously, because children are in foster care, we want to maintain confidentiality whenever we can. So we're still thinking about COVID, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So our event this year is going to be a drive through We're going to have Santa. We're going to have entertainment. So families are going to come drive through. Um, every child, whether it's foster care, adoptive, biological, um, they all get a gift this year. So we want to make sure that every child feels special so during our drive through they'll be able to get a gift for each of their children and have some celebration. I think we're going to have hot cocoa and mm-hmm. um snow and things like that. Those Christmas classics. Yes. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that from our own personal experience being foster parents, we really provide that extra special touch that makes us unique. It's when when you have someone who's young who doesn't have children, it does make it more challenging to give advice to someone who has has children already and is a foster parent. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely have that background of the system and knowing how to navigate that, and that really helps our families get that support when you're coming into this system. That isn't great to mm-hmm. begin with. It's, you know, anytime you're working with people, the systems don't always work 100%. Uh, but it's also an emotional piece that is that is different than anything else that we ask people to do. I tell people all the time, it, it's not normal for us to say, love this child as if you gave birth to them, mm-hmm. but be ready to let them go and at any moment. That's not normal, mm-hmm. and it's really challenging. And I don't think people understand mm-hmm. like how that component of it, or they're so afraid of it that they don't take those steps to come to come in and take the next step, because they, they know they're gonna fall in love with a child, mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. I'm, I can't do this, I don't know how you do it, because I would fall in love. I'm like, well, we want you to. We want you to love them, and give them everything that you would give your own child because they deserve it. They mm-hmm. deserve it for once. They deserve to to have that love and that full attention in your whole heart. Even though knowing that it may not be forever. Sometimes it is, but mm-hmm. it may not be forever. The cool thing about that is that it carries with them forever. So even if they're only in your home for a year or two, your their experiences with you carry on past the time that they go home or move on to wherever they're going, and it changes their lives. Mm -hmm. So in the six years
0: that Grace Retreat has been uh, providing its foster care services,
2: uh, do you know how many children you've been able to help find placement? My gosh. Um, (laughs) I know right now within our agency, we have about 220 children placed in our foster homes. So if you times that maybe by six. Yeah. <laughs> six years, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and we we actually did some some math, which I don't have current, but I think last year we did 70 adoptions. Oh wow. Oh, that's beautiful. That makes me I'm about to tear up. I'm sorry. Oh, I, know. <laughs> that made me happy. I know, it's the best. <laughs> it's it's awesome. the best. And we do have the charitable tax credit. Yeah. So families can give four hundred dollars a person at eight hundred dollars for a couple. Um, And we're working to get the foster care tax credit. We don't have it yet, but we will hopefully next year.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Well, since it is the season of giving, um, what is, how can people get in contact with your organization if they are interested in making a donation to help you continue doing your work?
2: Absolutely. So you can call me anytime. So my number is 520-276-9661. You can ask about foster care. You can ask about donating to Grace Retreat for the charitable tax credit. um, Or if you have any items you want to donate, you know, feel free to reach out. Oh, do you also accept
0: in-kind donations as well?
2: So, yeah, we we take babies, baby Mm -hmm. clothes a lot, just because we do have a, a fair amount of young children that come into foster care. But diapers, formula, toiletries, pajamas, new ideally, but gently used if not. And what is your website? Yes, so they can go to www.graceretreatfostercare.org, all spelled out. Mm -hmm. And are you guys on social media? We are, we have a Facebook page, which is Grace Retreat, Foster Care and Adoption Services. I I believe we're on Instagram as well, yes.
0: Okay, wonderful. And you you keep people up to date there as well with the happenings. So in closing, is there anything else you'd like to add on before we wrap up today?
2: I think just if you've ever thought about doing foster care, I I encourage you to get more information. Talk to somebody you know who does it. Give me a call. I can answer any questions that you might have. We're in dire need of children uh, being placed in foster homes down here in southern Arizona. So it doesn't matter what age child, if you like newborns, there are newborns that are available for placement. If you are looking at teenagers or if teen moms or sibling groups, it's every age. So if you're specific around what population you could care for based on your family dynamics, trust me, there's children out there that need a loving, safe home. So that would be my first message is just take that next step. Um, Get some information, come to training and decide from there. My second part that I would say is, if fostering maybe is not right for you, maybe you could do something like respite, which is short-term babysitting basically for other foster homes. So the licensure process is the same and you can keep kids for the weekend, you can keep them for a week while families have emergencies and things like that. And so you're still helping out our community by helping our foster parents. So that's another great aspect of what what families could do. If you're looking more to, to support and advocate, There's the CASA program, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates. So you can go get trained on how to review cases. And it's basically a checks and balances of the system. So they review the DCS file, and then they make recommendations to the courts. Well,
0: that's kind of wonderful, especially since there are some people who are like, well, I'm just I don't have a maternal bone in my body, but I want to help out. So there are still ways you can get involved and help children find placement even without having to be that hands on. Absolutely. well, before I let you go, will you just give me the contact information again for anyone who's
2: curious? Sure. So Grace Retreat Foster Care, our mainline number is 520-276-9661. And our website is www.graceretreatfostercare.org.
0: That was Marnie Greggs from Grace Retreat Foster Care and Adoption Services. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson, and I'm Riley. If you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of the program, you can reach out to us by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. For more information about Lifestyle Tucson or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday Mornings page at mixfm.com, klpx.com, kfma.com, or espntucson.com.